BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly here on Fox 2 on your Sunday morning. On the right, because he's been here the past couple of weeks, is John Hancock. It's the Hancock and Kelly's on Vacation show. (laughs) Right. And on the left is Michael Kelly. Hey, good morning. Okay, I heard on your radio show on Friday, and this this cracked me up. You had a caller that called in and said, yeah, John Hancock, and uh, and, uh, I I forget who your partner is. I'm like, the show is Hancock and Kelly. If you're going to call the radio, you should at least, maybe you've been gone too long. I think that's probably what it is. I've been gone too long. But uh, I I think I had an able replacement in Braxton Payne, oh, so did. thank you to Braxton. Gone but not forgotten. And you thanks, did. guys, for dealing with me not being here. There well, and my, my dad always used to say when, when he ran some businesses, when people would be gone for two weeks, either they got married or they're hiding assets. So. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't want to talk about I it. I wish I had assets to hide. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you think I'm a Trump? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll get to that in a second. The big story this week, of course, the impeachment hearings against President Donald Trump. Three high-level government employees, or former employees, were brought before the House Committee this week, hearing the case against the president. On Friday, former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Maria Yovanovitch, was in the hot seat. She was grilled on a variety of issues as lawmakers once again tried to make themselves the stars of the hearings, but it's a different story for a different day. Now, here she is talking about the state of affairs in the State Department right now. Attacks are leading to a crisis in the State Department as the policy process is visibly unraveling. Leadership vacancies go unfilled, and senior and mid-level officers ponder an uncertain future. The crisis has moved from the impact on individuals to an impact on the institution itself. The State Department is being hollowed out from within at a competitive and complex time on the world stage. All right, so there you have it. State Department's hollowed out. You got got to have a mess going on right now. John, you're up first on this one. Uh, let's talk about the hearings as a whole, not just hers. Your thoughts on what's going on thus far? Well, I mean, look, the facts of this thing have been known for weeks and weeks and weeks now. The president of the United States had a call with Zelensky in Ukraine. He said, I'd like you to do me a favor. We know that the president withheld the aid, the military aid, for some period of time. We know that that aid got released. We know the president asked him to investigate Biden. We know that that investigation never commenced. And uh, and so what we have here is, uh, I think, a regrettable a regrettable effort on the part of the president. It probably could have been done more artfully than it was done. But what we don't have, in my opinion, is something that's impeachable. And none of the three witnesses that have testified so far have demonstrated to me that the president needs to be impeached over this. And, And Yovanovitch... I mean, hers was, you know, kind of a woe is me for six hours, uh, and maybe woe is she, but there's nothing there that merits impeachment. I'm going to stick with you on this very quickly before we get to you, because if you haven't seen how she was fired, the men arrested in Texas in connection with her and Giuliani, Google search that right now. But, John, I think some people on the Republican side trying to discredit these witnesses, these are three high-level people who know their stuff. So I don't think that's effective to say, well, they're, they're bitter, they're angry, they're whatever. These are legitimate people here. 
They are. And, but what they haven't brought to the table is something that's impeachable of the president of the United States. Well, John was correct with most of what he said. The fact set is what exactly as he'd explained, minus one thing. They also withheld the aid. Now, eventually they gave the aid. Um, whether or not it's impeachable, John doesn't think it is. Of course I do. And here's why. Rod Blagojevich is sitting in jail right now for an exact same type of conversation on the phone. By the way, he never sold the Senate seat, but it was Barack Obama's Senate seat. I have something. It's a value. What would you be able to give it for me? He was trying to bargain for his own political future. That's exactly what the President of the United States has done. Yet, Rob Blagojevich sits in jail and Donald Trump sits in the White House and John says, no worries there. I talked with an attorney on Friday about this. And again, we're talking about President Trump here, so it all goes out the door. I said, if you have a client and they start tweeting while there is testimony taking place, what do you say? He's like, it would never happen. But again, we're talking about President Trump. He has his own rules. Yeah, the mid-testimony tweet on Friday was uh, a bad idea. Um, but again, it's, it's not impeachable. You know? And so there are people that don't like Donald Trump's style, there's plenty of them. Uh, but there's plenty of people that like his style and the fact that he's a norm breaker and he get, wakes up in the morning breaking John. norms and goes to bed late at night breaking norms. John Hancock is one of the greatest communicators I think you'll find in the entire state of Missouri and for that matter the Midwest. But the constant reframe of having to say that probably shouldn't have done that, probably shouldn't have done that. No kidding? No kidding? It's a violation of the law and it continues to expose itself. This president is a pathetic, disgusting human being. To attack a witness like he did in real time, he gave the Democrats an impeachable well, offense right there, which is witness intimidation. Look, it's against the law. Hard stop. No negotiation, John. Firing the ambassador is not against the law. The ambassadors serve at the pleasure of the president. Uh, having the conversation with Zelensky is not against the law. You can argue the propriety of it. But you, you impeach someone for a high crime or misdemeanor, this does not rise to that level. But and using the country's aid for a bribe to get done what you want to done politically is against the law. Well, the mistake that was made is that the aid was appropriated by Congress and the president doesn't have the authority to withhold it. That aid was going to go to Ukraine but by law. But he did law. withhold it. It had to go. He delayed it. So then, th then he shouldn't have been able to do that. He, he, Why isn't that impeachable? It, it's not. Well, you can, if you can get 218 votes, you can impeach him. But it doesn't rise to the high crime and misdemeanor level. And I think that's the best, strongest position. But the president for having an affair with his intern. 20 year old intern. Impeachable. He committed job. perjury. Yeah. But, and so this president is committing bribery. And, and like I said, the governor's sitting in jail, Donald Trump's sitting there tweeting. Okay. And speaking of that, as Yovanovitch was testifying, the president was tweeting, like, like we said. Here's how that played out in real time on Friday. And now the president in real time is attacking you. What effect do you think that has on other witnesses' willingness to come forward and expose wrongdoing? Well, uh, it's very intimidating. It's designed to intimidate, is it not? I, I mean, I can't speak to what the president is trying to do, but I think the effect is to be intimidating. 
back to what you were talking about, witness intimidation here. In, in some courts, the attorney I talked with also said, uh, in a case like this, if you had somebody on trial for something else and is saying this kind of things to a witness, that does get you in legal trouble. Well, and he did it right there on live TV in front of everyone. I mean, he handed the Democrats something on a silver platter. Furthermore, let's not forget the Republicans, and I have no sympathy for these legislators who are defending absolute nonsense, but their strategy is continuing to shift. Why is that? Because there is no strategy. They're having to react to the absolute lunacy that the president is, and the president has. And when he goes out and does this kind of thing, he gives the Democrats yet another issue, and he puts his own team out there scrambling yet again. Democrats also shifting because they've gone from quid pro quo to bribery. All right, because they weren't getting the quid pro quo, according to Republicans, so you shift what they're actually looking for. Yeah, except it's the exact same set of facts that's been all along. And here, here's the thing. If we go, we've got the Intelligence Committee now. They've got at least another week of hearings. Then it goes to the Judiciary Committee. That's where the actual impeachment hearings will begin. You're looking at weeks and weeks of this. If, if we have weeks and weeks of this beating the same horse uh, that is low on oxygen to begin with. Uh, I think the Democrats run the risk politically of well, having this thing backfire. And I, John, I know we Democrats are so grateful you Republicans are worried about our I politics. I do, I worry about you. But it is awesome that we have a Democratic Party who's actually standing up for the values and the rule of law as opposed to the Republicans who've just bought into a cult of personality which is Donald Trump. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly, Michael Kelly, as we said, has been gone for a couple of weeks. So in that time while he was gone, several Democrats have gotten out of the race. Others are getting in. What's going on on the left, the late election cycle maneuvering straight ahead? To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. Welcome back to Hancock and Kelly. Okay, I know people are going to think that we're picking on the president this week, but you may not have seen last week. The president had a good week. You missed it last week. We had to talk about the good week that he had with the stock market, the China deal coming through. So that's why he was gone. True that. There you go. I was digging up dirt. (laughs) Where is that where you were at? All right. Okay, so here's the next story about President Trump this week. His longtime associate, Roger Stone, convicted in federal court found guilty on all counts, including witness tampering and also lying to Congress. So the president tweeted about this verdict as well. And he tweeted out, So they now convict Roger Stone of lying and want to jail him for many years to come. Well, what about crooked Hillary, Comey, Strzok, Page, McCabe, Brennan, Clapper, Shifty Schiff, or and Nellie Steele and all the others, including even Mueller himself? Didn't they lie? He tweeted again, a double standard like never seen before in, our, in the history of our country, question mark. So he's asking a question. He wants to know, have we ever seen something like this before? Well, the president asked. people go to jail uh, every day in this country, and Roger Stone broke the law, and he's going to pay the price for it and should pay the price for it. Uh, bad actor. So the national security advisor, the campaign chairman, the WD campaign chairman, his personal attorney, and now... His political doer, Roger Stone. I mean, I pick the very best people. You know what this is awfully similar to? What's that? When they're going after the mob boss, they get all the underlings around him. Hmm. And that's exactly what's happening. This Donald Trump is running a crime organization. And Giuliani now facing some issues, too, related back to the Yovanovitch here. So it's all, there's some, it's so intricate here. Meanwhile, President Trump asking the U.S. Supreme Court to block that subpoena for his tax returns. 
The filing sets the stage for a high court showdown over the tax returns that Trump has refused to release, unlike every other modern president. The justices also could weigh in more broadly on Trump's claim that sitting presidents cannot be prosecuted or investigated for crimes. Uh, okay, you're up first on this one, Michael Kelly. Tax returns here, everybody's going to, I mean, you're gonna, even going to say he should release these tax returns. Where do you think this one goes from here? Well, let's remember, Donald Trump told us, hey, I want to get my tax returns out to the people of America. I'm under audit. Then why aren't you getting them out? The reality is there's, there's something here. And likely, John doesn't think there's anything impeachable in the fact that he was bribing the man, uh, the, the president of Ukraine. There is likely impeachable evidence in there as it relates to his tax returns. John, even as a Republican, you say pr president probably should release the tax returns. Why is it important? Well, presidential candidates should release the tax returns uh, because they're instructive in a variety of ways. You know, where's your money coming from? How much money do you have? Do you give to charity? I mean, there's a whole lot of things you can glean from that. And there is a reason why we've had a history in this country in the recent years of presidential candidates releasing their tax returns. Uh, Donald Trump should have released his tax returns. Now, it's jumping to conclusions to assume that there's something criminal contained in there. I think the Supreme Court's going to look. You can't, you can't indict a sitting president. That's established. Well, but you, investigating them, I think that's a legitimate. You can I be investigated. Everybody at a pattern can be of behavior with the president. Whenever he comes out against something and comes out against something, he makes up a lie. I know I'll do this once the audit's over. Blah blah blah. We're, sec we're four or five years into this right now. This president is hiding his tax returns. Just look at his pattern of behavior. Doesn't mean there's criminal activity in there. He might be. The tax returns. He might be hiding it because he, he doesn't give very much to charity. You know what the, I mean, who knows? And you know what the beautiful thing about this is? Is he thinks that it's all this court, my court. It's going to be his own court that puts the dagger in his heart. All right, let's talk about the Democrats here very quickly. While you were gone, um, Mayor Pete <laughs> shot to the top in Iowa. Let's see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to encapsulate all this, John. We're trying to get you up to speed. For <laughs> I two know weeks. what happened. I'll okay, so Mayor Pete <laughs> went up. Elizabeth Warren is being called all kinds of names by Joe Biden, who is dropping Kamala Harris right there. She's almost out. I'm just play by play as the video shows up. And then the president's right there because a number of people say, you know what, if you pick one of these people, they may lose to President Trump. Biden is way down. That's why two people, Deval Patrick and more, former Mayor Michael Bloomberg, also talking about getting in. What's going on on your side here? This is, well, this I is think a there's, mess. There is legitimate concern inside the Democratic Party that Joe Biden is floundering amongst some. Uh, you know, he hasn't lost that much support. He's pretty much stayed the same. Look, we're, we're in a three-way race here. We're going to have Joe Biden. We're going to have one of the two socialists, Democratic socialists, which is what they call themselves, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, and then a third one, probably Pete Buttigieg or someone else. I don't see Deval Patrick. I think it's too little too late. And Michael Bloomberg was the Republican mayor of New York City. I got to tell you, a quality candidate, but too late. <laughs> okay, this kind of struck me uh, when I, when I he heard it again this week is just like in Missouri where you had a Democrat running as a Republican, Republican run as a Democrat in our last gubernatorial election. That's what you would have here if Bloomberg gets in. Former Republican runs as a Democrat, Trump, former Democrat as a Republican. It's... What's Shifty. up is what's down. Uh, right. Well, what's I mean, going the, the parties here? are in, in the midst of transform historic transformation. That's clearly happening. It's now clearly happening in both parties. Uh, I don't see uh, a billionaire as Bloomberg having an audience in the Democratic Party to win any kind of serious vote. Patrick, uh, let's go get the guy that's at Bain Capital. There's a good idea for you. <laughs> I mean, look, they're, they're, the, the business community that is... a part of the Democrat coalition, I put labor in with that community as well, are genuinely concerned 
about the policies of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. And they're saying, we've got to have somebody that can beat these people. I don't think they found the... Now, Patrick, had he gotten in early with his background and having been the governor of Massachusetts, he could have been Agreed. a contender. Agree. Okay, but we know his name. When you get in this late, if, you, uh, if you're watching this show, you probably know the names of the people we talk about. You talk about people who don't keep up with politics. They're like, who? Is he a golfer? Deval Patrick? I, who is this guy? That's that race car driver. Uh, well, he was a no, successful... David Duvall and Danica Patrick. Two oh, yeah. separate people, right. not the guy you see on he your He was a really right successful now. governor, and a lot of people wanted him to run for president. I don't know what held him up from doing it. I think he was uh, about this Biden stuff. I think maybe this is going to help jumpstart Joe Biden back into this, because there's maybe. no doubt about it. Of all the candidates, polling shows Joe Biden is the one that's going to beat Donald Trump. Now, very quickly, don't have much time for this, but new poll out from NBC finds that half of all likely voters have already decided doesn't matter who runs against Trump in 2020, they aren't going to vote for him. If you run a campaign like this, John Hancock, and half the people say there's no way, doesn't matter what happens, what do you do in a case like this? Well, I mean, if you look at who's decided, it's way more than half. I mean, you're at the point in this election where, depending on who the Democratic nominee is, there's 8 to 15 points on the outside of persuadable voters out there. A really thin sliver of the economy. And those are the people that are going to decide who wins the White House. I'm not even going to ask you. You just say very Well, I, I think the president is doing what he needs to do, which is to try to make everybody so sick of politics they don't go and vote. Because if they do show up to vote, more than likely, polling shows they're going to vote for the Democrat. All right, still to come here on Hancock and Kelly, another week, another school shooting. We often say we don't want this to become the norm of society. So why didn't this even lead the news if it's not the new normal in America? Welcome back to Hancock and Kelly. Well, several violent things happened this past week that shows a troubling trend in America, or at least how we respond to these types of things. All right, one in particular was the school shooting in California. Investigators say that the person here opened fire on classmates on his 16th birthday and just seemed to target people at random. Two teenagers were killed. Three others were wounded. Authorities say an Instagram message on an account that reportedly was his says, Saugus, have fun at school tomorrow. Now, here's the reason I want, to, I want to bring this up, guys. Barely made a blip on the media radar, right? You think back to Columbine. That was wall-to-wall -wall coverage for weeks and weeks and weeks. This, I looked on Drudge Report after this happened. It wasn't even on his main page. All the other media outlets, it didn't lead the news. It's become the new normal, which we said we didn't want to happen here, Mike. Well, and that's exactly what I think a lot of people would hope would be the case, because we all know what the problem is. We have too many guns in our country. You know, there's very few things that we all agree on. In St. Louis, I think we all agree that we're supporters of the Cardinals. And I guess in the, uh, the country, we agree that we're the United States of America. Nearly 80% of us agree that we need some type of red flag and background check legislation Yet the Republican Party, led by Mitch McConnell, won't allow any of that stuff to come forward. I'm not saying that that would be the solution for all these problems. But when we have major issues, we look to our leaders in government to help bring solutions, and they're not leading. They're doing the bidding of the billionaires. Columbine was 20 years ago. Yep. Uh, prior to Columbine, school shootings were virtually unheard of in the United States. There were a few. Uh, now, very commonplace, every day in America, uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of people are killed on the streets in our cities all across the country. Uh, that's new. Uh, you've got this football player who rips off the helmet of the quarterback and tries to kill him uh, right there on national television. It's, the problem is 
cultural. Well, we had a president uh, we, say he could shoot people on Fifth Avenue. The problem is cultural, and uh, we have seen real cultural de decay and the devaluing of human life to such an extent that this stuff is commonplace, and we're desensitized to it, and that is a tragedy. That's the road. The word I just wrote down, and and I'm not one of those people who believes that video games leads to this or violent movie leads to this, but I think all of us at some point have to say, ah, wow. You know, how, how is it that I saw we had a school shooting and I'm on to the next thing? Because, yeah, as heartbreaking as it is, it has become not commonplace, but I, well, I, I, don't, commonplace. I don't know where to go with this, but it's really it, starting it's to It's a part of me. our everyday lives. I went to Mass a couple of weeks ago and opened up the bulletin, and anybody who's Catholic out there knows that you read the bulletin mm -hmm. when all the ritualistic stuff's going on. And in there, there was a letter about how to leave the church should there be some type of emergency active shooter situation. So now we're teaching our kids in schools. You go to church, that's what you're teaching you. Everywhere we're going, we've just, we've just surrendered ourselves to the crazy guns. I used to say this a lot when my kids were younger, and I said, I hate the fact that I have to scare the hell out of my kids before they leave the house, whether it's perverts on the streets, whether it's, hey, watch everybody in school, whether it's in a restaurant. No, daddy sits with his back to the wall so I can see the front door. Well, if, well if I mean, that's, that's the world we live in now. It and, is. And, I'm, and, and if you've lived any length of time in this country, you know that that's new. The cultural erosion is relatively new, and it's real, and it's permeated and every aspect of our lives. And military-style weapons are new as well, and that's what's showing up at these shootings, and they should not be there. Yeah. There is no common-sense reason for people to have an AR-50, whatever oh. the hell they are. And it's, it's frustrating, I think, for people, and... And I don't know. And it does make the news. Anyway, that's the bottom line with that. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, we've got the final thoughts straight ahead. Welcome back to Hancock and Kelly. Time for final thoughts today. Sometimes when I'm done with this show, I mean, I'm stuck in the middle. I feel like I need an emotional support animal of some type. <laughs> well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stress going on out there. there Brad. A lot of stress in our nation's capital. In fact, let's go to the uh, support dogs. That's there they right, are. In Congress. For these, these very contentious hearings, members of Congress and their staffs can go pet a dog after an <laughs> afternoon of very stressful testimony. Shoot, we might even send the ambassadors in there. And you go pet the dog and all is well with the world. What a country. You know, you would like to think that's fake news, but that's actually happening. No, that's right that is the, real. That's right across the hallway so these staffers can, can get out of these contentious hearings and have an animal. Guys, America's pastime, right? Yes. The one escape from all the nonsense that we have is baseball, right? Mm. Comes out this week, the Astros, a high-tech camera out in the outfield, Miserable. zooming in to call the pitches, wiring them into somebody in the dugout who then hit a bell so that these guys could steal pitches. The Astros are cheaters, and uh, they've ruined America's pastime. I think they ought to strip them of the World Series in 27. Ooh, I'm for it. Take it, Take it away. Take it away. Take it away. And then send them a dog to pet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly. If you missed any part of the show, remember, you can download it right there on your smartphone. Just search out the words Hancock or Kelly. Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace is next, and we'll see you back here next Sunday. <laughs> that was <All> right. good. <laughs>